0: Before we pray, I just want to make a few comments. If you looked at the pamphlet, you probably saw a lot of notes in there about statistics on our churches. And I want to make sure that you understand you have to put those pamphlet comments in before you meet with the panel. So when I talked to the panel, and I have, by the way, in the slides, if you download them, Some statistics. There are those who look at our statistics for our church and the nation. But when I talked to this panel, and I'm going to introduce them here shortly, they said, give not the message we want to talk about. You know the numbers. And so on their advice, there are brothers like Brother Wilf who has a lot of numbers. You can get all of the research. There's some in this slide, but you won't see it today. I'm amazed also... As camp moves on, the message, messages that we've had, brother uh, I think of Brother Edmund talked a little bit about the numbers. And some of the messages tie very much into what we're going to say this morning. But I want to I want to make it very clear here that volunteer. Why is that important? Because there's no perfect person. There's no perfect church. Our churches are different. We know that. I want you to specifically pray for them. Because some of them, even now, this is, they're, they're making themselves vulnerable. And some of them are still, and we, we all are still going through some difficult times as we live out being part of the church. But there were those on the advisement of others that said, these are the brothers and sisters you could tap. There are others we could have tapped. There are lots of those we could have tapped, and we're very thankful for that. And that's the message that we want to send. So I'm pausing here briefly. If you, if you want to come down and sit, there's some seats up front here. You know, there's a saying that goes, we don't go to church, we are the church. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today as well. So with that, I'd like to uh, start with prayer. Heavenly Father, we are thankful that we can look into thy word. We are thankful that there are those willing to be used to share their experiences, their convictions about the church. We realize, Lord, we are the bride of Christ, and we need to be ready for your return. Lord help us understand what it means to be the church that we might start to act like it and I pray it in Jesus name. Amen. Okay, so this week is about commitment. I had a couple of statements here but I I think this typifies you can read it. I will honor Christ whatever the pain, whatever the cost. I will obey God's word even when it's the hardest thing to do. I thought about Brother Alex's message yesterday and about the knee-high believer, the, the ankle-deep believer, the hip-high believer in the river of God, the river of life. Where do we fall in that? A picture says a thousand words, does it not? Okay, Brother Joe, thank you for that. But, but really, when we think about the church... Uh, where do we fall into this? It's one thing to be involved. It's another thing to be committed. Another statement that I have about commitment. Commitment means that there are certain decisions made in advance, irrespective of the circumstances. I will honor Christ, whatever the pain, whatever the cost. Certain decisions that are made despite the circumstances. So I'd like to introduce quickly our panel members, Um, Myself, the Joe from Beverly Hills, Sister Amy Lissett from Beverly Hills as well. Again, I just want to emphasize they're going to share a little bit about their experiences. And there's one more, Irwin. You're going to wrap it up for us. Thank you. So we have a different viewpoints, different experiences, different phases of life of of those in our churches. And I want to start myself, real quickly. Those who may not know me, uh, I was not raised in the ACC. I, I have came from an Episcopal Church, but I was born and raised in Mansfield, Ohio. Baptized in '76, got married in '77, and we moved to Richmond in 1995. Um, I married my wife, Sister Helen Gutai, in '77. We have three children, uh, twelve grandchildren, Lord willing, thirteen in November, uh, and the latest twins. Joe said I could <laughs> Joe said I could do this as a grandpa. Okay. Um, I would just when people come into our church in Richmond, uh, I, I think there's a tendency to say, oh, look at look at Brother Gibb. You know, his family's here, he's got you know, these blessings of children and so forth. I'm here to say that it wasn't always like that. There was a time I can remember in Mansfield, and I was so thankful for those that I was able to be with at the youth group at that time, inspired me and encouraged me. I remember one time when I was deciding I probably wouldn't go back, and someone came to me, I won't name them, but encouraged me. And I think that... There may be some here that see something that they really want and maybe don't feel like they really fit. But you have to look at the bigger perspective. I think now what would have been so different had I let the discouragement settle in and not followed through. So I want to encourage... um, I could go into a lot of detail. We're on a timer and it's going fast my mother was not in favor of me being part of this church. I had to battle that early on. I will just say, later on she came to live with us, and as I held her dying, her hand during her dying moments, uh, she said to me, thank you. That's with the Lord, and that's how he can work through those discouragements. Um, I'm thankful that my children are very active in the church, and some of them are here, and we're going to share similar background, and Brother Joe in particular, as he talks about his children, but I'm so thankful that they are willing to be a part and active in the church. And you know, we had some, I'll just say this, and I won't put them on the spot too much, but we had a, a group, a sister church folks came, and we just wanted like, they wanted to share a lot of things around the table, and, and they asked point blank, so what, what, why do you want to sneak out or something? But basically, if I remember the answer right, was we didn't really think about other options. With that, Brother Joe.
1: Okay. Background. So, uh, Brother Gibb gave us kind of an outline, and he wanted to make sure he understood where uh, each one of us are coming from. Oh, thank you. I right. have A.V. specialist. I'll be, AV. Okay, I'm going to put this right here. Um, so, Lori, of course, you know my wife Lori Gruich, uh, she's uh, been raised by believing parents who came from believing parents. I was not. Okay? My grandfather was a paymer, but he wasn't one of the good paymers. Okay? (laughs) Brother Tyler here, his grandfather was my grandfather's brother, right? He was the good paymer. My grandfather wasn't the good paymer. Consequently, I don't know, he stopped going to church at maybe, I don't know, 17, 18. He stopped going to church. So when he met my grandmother, they got married and they had their children. They were raised not in a Christian home. They were raised, they went to church on Easter, and they went to church on Christmas. That was it, right? So my mom was not raised as a believing uh, parent. Uh, It wasn't until my mom moved out to California. Uh, She got married to, I wouldn't call him an atheist. He just, he had nothing to do with God, my father. Um, And so she got married. Uh, They went to Uncle Bill's house one in Phoenix, one Thanksgiving and I think I was about five so the story goes and I was out of control and Uncle Bill said you ought to take that boy to Sunday school. Okay? Um, Consequently, my mom took me to the Methodist church down on the corner but it was not Grandpa's church. It wasn't the church that she remembered growing up in. No, she didn't grow up. Seeing as a child. So she sought out Pico Rivera which is not La Puente. Um, And so... That's how I got here. Now, she took me to Pico Rivera. Uh, seven years later, she was baptized. Grandma and grandpa moved out to be with their kids as they retired. And all of a sudden, they got baptized when they are in their 68, 70, right? So it all filled in. But I was not raised by believing parents. Perspective. Um, Greninger her family. This is the only family up here. I'm trying, trying to represent all of us. Um, I have some recordings of Lori. She couldn't be here. But uh, we asked Brother Gibb, family, "What do you want? You know, as individuals, young family, established family, how do we get?" Yes, he said, "He wants all of that in ten minutes or less." Uh, purpose. Okay, we had to think about this. when we were asked about um, why we are, in, you know, active? Why do we go to church? Right? Why we didn't? We had to really think about it. Um, we didn't. I don't know that we ever thought consciously ahead of time. But as we thought about it, it was pretty easy. Um, Hebrews ten twenty four. We'll go this one. Provoke one another to love and good works. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. So, this is not just hey, I'm going to church because you're supposed to go to church. This is it's a biblical mandate that we're not to forsake the assembling. Okay, and I'll tell you how we got here. But really, that's the verse, right? And then in Isaiah 58, it was read recently. Honor not honor the Lord, not doing our pleasure on God's holy day. If you haven't read that scripture, read it. It talks about doing what you want on God's day. And I don't want to debate on Sabbath versus Sunday. You know that's another story. Okay, uh, but doing not your pleasure, but God's pleasure. And then what are we to do? We're supposed to serve as Christ serves. We're supposed to be Christ like. Okay. Um, intentional. Intentional commitment. Brother Tim, where's Tim? I saw him, saw him somewhere. There he is. Intentional. Um, we committed intentionally. I'm going to talk to you about television versus the body of Christ. So I at first thought it was television versus church. When I was 17, this is what it was. I was a new believer. I was going to church. And one of my favorite shows, because I was a TVaholic, one of my favorite shows was going to be on Sunday night. And it was like, Go to Big Sing, watch my show. Because we didn't have all this you know, recorded, right? It didn't exist, right? Go to Big And, and I thought to myself, well, that's really not a, a question, right? I'm going to, when church is open, if, if I'm not at church, I can watch my show. But if, there's, if the Body of Christ is assembling, I'm going to go. That was an intentional commitment that I made at 17. And it wasn't rocket science, it wasn't this, oh, you're such a noble guy right? It's just, it was kind of plain, right? I'm going to go to church. Um, go ahead and click Maurice
2: Lori Grinninger here, live from Orange County, California. <laughs> Being faithful to your local church often starts with good habits and intentional decisions. I'm at least a fourth generation apostolic Christian and was brought up going to church pretty much all day on Sunday for morning, afternoon, and evening services. I started attending the more modern activities like youth group, midweek services, and Bible studies when I could catch a ride with someone or drive myself. When I began to pray about a future husband, I asked God for two things. First, that my future husband would love God above all, and second, that he would desire to serve God in our denomination. Many of my prospects at that time did have a sincere love for Christ But were on their way out the door. I really had a heart for our church and wanted to continue to serve God in the Apostolic Christian Church. When I got Joe's proposal, I have to admit I was not very excited. Though he seemed like a godly man, he had not been on my list. As I prayed about the proposal, God clearly answered my prayers. Regarding my prayer for a man committed to the church, after receiving the proposal, I called Joe's elder and asked him some questions about Joe as I did not know him very well. Does he have a job? Does he have any illnesses? To be honest, I was looking for a reason to say no. And then I asked the question that set the direction for our family. Is he active in your church? The elder said, uh, not to try to persuade you, but Joe is at church when the doors open And he's there when we lock them up at night. He's a leader among the youth. He attends area events and is an enthusiastic supporter. Hmm. A direct answer to my prayer. And the rest is history. Anyone can be committed to their local church, but it will require intentional decisions and developing good habits each step of the way.
1: Okay. So that simple decision of deciding to put the body of Christ above television, some five years later, I don't know that Lori would have married me had I not made that simple decision, right? And it really did change our life. Now, I really didn't think about this until this forum, but as I kept on going back, it really is that simple. And it's not something you have to really think about hard Today, you can make that decision that, you know, I, the, it's being committed to the church, right? Okay, what is the church? Some people say the church is family. The Bible doesn't describe the church as family. It describes it as the body of Christ, right? So, you know, family, who do you think of that old weird Uncle Waldo that you see at Christmas once a No, no, you can do without him. But if the church is the body of Christ, you know, if you have an ingrown toenail... You can't just get chop it off, right? You're not gonna you gotta take care of that. This is a big thing. it's It's not just the family. People say family first. No, no, no. Your body is first. Everybody puts their body first, and it's the body of Christ. Okay, it's not about what we can get, but what we can give. Next one.
2: I was finally becoming comfortable in my new home church of La Puente. We just had our third child, Christina. We had lots of thriving friendships. And our children were also growing in their little church relationships. It was at this point in my life that I had to learn the hard lesson that being committed to our local church had to be deeper than having my own needs met. Though church life was bustling, there were rumblings among the congregation. There were leadership issues, membership issues, and finally, at a very sad members meeting, around 25 people announced that they would be leaving La Puente. It was devastating. These people were not bench warmers. They were Bible class teachers, trustees, treasurers, Sunday school teachers, kitchen staff, and more than that, they were my friends. Do you remember my prayer for a committed apostolic Christian church man? Well, that was Joe, and we were not leaving, but would remain at La Puente. I remember sitting in the baby room the first Sunday after the group left. Why am I still here? My close friends were gone. I'm not getting anything out of the sermons or Bible class with three children under four years old in tow. I was very discouraged. God slowly had to show me that church is not all about me and what I can get out of it, but it's about what I can give. I had to learn that the blessing comes in finding others to serve and to teach our children to do the same. Yes, my friends had left, but there were elderly people at church that needed a visit. There were children that needed teachers. There were struggling peers that I had not befriended that needed a friend even if your local church is struggling you're not feeling fed the purpose of church is not about what we can get but about what we can give
1: so if you remember that verse it's the son of man came not to be served but serve right to minister
2: i had to learn not to complain or bash the church. In my early days at La Puente, I was sitting next to Joe's aunt during a particularly blah song service. I recall complaining to her that singing was dragging and not enthusiastic. She looked at me and said, you really should not complain. I felt pretty embarrassed. Mind you, Aunt Joanne and the rest of Joe's family were very excited about church. They were not raised going to church regularly and so they looked at our church with fresh eyes and a joyful heart. Compared to their life without Christ, church was a bit of heaven on earth. I soon discovered that Joe had the same mindset and did not tolerate complaining and bashing. I'm so thankful that I began to learn this lesson before our children were old enough to witness this attitude in me. Complaining does not help. It breeds negativity. Instead of complaining, we can get involved and either contribute with positive solutions to challenges or, to learn to be content, even when things don't go exactly the way we want them to go.
1: Okay. Um, you know, it was about the family. So we asked the children. Uh, upon being asked to do this forum, we asked the children what, they, why they were so involved in our local church. And each one of them pretty much gave us the same response. Um, they just didn't know why we were asking the question, right? There's no other option. We, we pushed them a little bit and asked why they felt this way, and here are their answers, and I'll, I'll just read them for the recording. Um, dedicated to daily devotions. These are just comments that they made. They memorized scriptures. They had a biblical foundation for why we do what we do. Our home life had paralleled our life at church. There was not inconsistency Uh, What was expected from us at church was expected from us at home as well. It is my church. It's my church. It's part of who I am. It's not because of what I get, going back to that last point. Um, Church was not an option. Uh, No birthday parties, no amusement parks scheduled during church activities. So that was always a, uh, we found that even though we just kind of learned that if they wanted us to be here, don't schedule it during a church event. And we were okay if they scheduled it and we're not going, that's fine. But we we had a prior commitment, right? Uh, They said family equals church, and we kind of talked about that. It's really not family equals church. It's the body of Christ. uh, It's the body of Christ, and we're part of the body. Um, Who else do I want to do things with uh, and don't have roast preacher for lunch or dinner? I'll turn it over to the next. Thank you, Brother Joe.
0: Brother Darren.
3: Thanks. Um, so, those of you that don't know me may not know me because I've only been uh, Christian. It's only been about eight years since I gave my life to Christ, and I've only been attending Beverly Hills for the last twelve. Before that, I uh, grew up Catholic. Um, from what in what I would call a church-going family, my parents took us to church every Sunday, sent me to Bible study what we called catechism during the week, and sent me to youth group. Um, They did, I would say, instill uh, what we call today old world values. Back then we just called them values. Um, Respect, faith in God, hard work. Um, And I think that had an impact on my commitment and the understanding that God wants us to serve and how God wants us to serve, and I hope to be trying to instill that in my children. Um, In the mid to late 90s, I started working with Bob Varga, and um, Bob and Leanne began inviting me to various church events where I could see the love and commitment that they had um, for the body of Christ, and that example, I think, started to... I um, clearly saw the same kind of example. And that example, and and the tremendous warmth in uh, greeting that I got, even as a non-believer, was just so impactful um, that it just instilled an even greater understanding of what it meant to be committed to the body of Christ, and in particular that local body of Christ. And almost couldn't help but... Want to have the same kind of attitude um, over the years as Bob worked with me, came to know me as a uh, as a as a doer, I would say my personality as a doer, and maybe more accurately Bob would say a workaholic uh, it was and uh, I remember I had just found peace with Christ but had not been baptized yet and bob was going i was going to go with the vargas down to mansfield for uh with the choir and i called bob frantic on saturday and said i cannot go we've got an interview on uh, monday i'm not done with my slides i'm never going to be done i'm going to need the whole weekend to finish this and just as bob does just he laid it out and said you know there's there's people there that are looking forward to seeing you um they're there are people that you are gonna stay with that are looking forward to having you. And he made it about the body of Christ and, and he said, you need to pray on this. So I did, and I went. And that Monday is still talked about as one of the best interviews we've ever had. Um, despite the fact that I did not get all the slides done or all the work done that I had originally intended, God made what I needed. Um, I think that the idea that we're all some kind of holic in one way or another, whether it's a TV holic or a workaholic, reapplying that is is particularly important. And so I understood that I needed to realign um, that attitude of work and service and put that towards uh, towards the body of Christ. And and I thank the Lord that. I've been able to do that um, over the years. I think that going back to the idea of seeing the example that uh, the other members have and understanding um, Jesus' actions in John chapter 13 also continues to instill a desire for service. If you read um, the, the verses where Jesus washed the disciples' feet... His instruction to them is not serve the world, although we are called that to do that. His instruction is serve one another. That's, that's what he says. Those, his friends, his body at that point um, is what he instructed them to serve. And so there, I think there's very clear instruction there. And, and it shows in the warmth that we have for each other. Um, one thing that if you were at my testimony eight years ago, you may also know um, is that I'm prone to clinical depression. My my father was, was hospitalized for it. My youngest daughter was hospitalized for, for it, and I struggle with it. And um, there is a cure for it in service as well. I, you know, it's really great the way God works because I attended... Brother Eric and Brother Ed's uh, forum yesterday and when you know it God had a slide in there cure for depression is service and so not only is there uh, a joy in it but it is physically um, it's healthy to serve right it improves our health and Galatians chapter 5 will tell you that it is also um, an antidote for the lusts of the flesh Service through the Spirit will keep us from going after those things of this world, and it is almost impossible to fully commit to serving the body of Christ and pay attention to the lusts of the flesh. Um, So it's a wonderful antidote that God's given us. I will say that service is not without challenges, um, as you may may have seen. Oh, we're done. Apparently, we're done. Um, In the interest of time, I'll try and speak up. Um, You may have seen on the first slide that neither my wife nor my children uh, are believers or attend church, and that is a particular challenge. Um, I will say that my wife has seen the enjoyment I have in serving the body of Christ and I pray that First uh, Corinthians chapter seven will come to light, and that it will influence her. And I pray that, um, that my example will influence her in the same way that Bob's and Leanne's and our, our church body influenced me. Um, it has not been without its struggles, but she does she has started to change. I think she respects all of the events that I put on our calendar and she recognizes that those take priority and let's say it's our anniversary for example I have to give deference to her at points in order for her to know that I love her and so there is there is and I think God understands there isn't there is an understanding that I have to um, balance that I'll say Um, doesn't come without challenge but I I, just one last story I mean she she sees um, it was I love uh, traveling when I can, and this last year we were able to go to Northport. And when she told me the trip was on the calendar, I, my eyes lit up, and I, I got excited. I said, "I can visit Northport Church, and and maybe I can give the other the minister a, a bit of a break, um, take that Sunday for him." And, and she smiled, and she said. I love the fact that you're so excited about visiting Northport Church. I hope you also are excited about going on vacation with me. <laughs> so, But she does, I, I mean, the idea that um, she really recognizes the excitement and the joy that comes with serving. And I think it makes an example and it, it rubs off on those around us. We tried to prepare for everything,
0: but did not prepare for that. Um, Sister Amy.
4: I was three years later. I was baptized in 2006. I was pretty starved for the word of God, and I basically wanted to be with believers whenever I could. I was kind of became the black sheep in my biological family, but I was also challenged pretty early on That um, my family would often meet on Sundays, kind of just get together on Sundays, but at that time, then, I had to choose where I was going to be. My dad was actually struggling with cancer through this time, and so that also made it really tough, but I chose to be in church on Sundays, and um, it was, you know, I probably didn't talk to a lot of people about that at the time, but since then, I have Others have shared that their conviction with me that they, they need to be in church pretty much no matter what also. But um, side note, long story short, my father died of baby Christian in 2007. But I came to Beverly Hills as a single adult in my 30s. Uh, I did not make age or singleness the factors that directed my friendships in church unfortunately people in beverly hills predominantly don't do that either um, i wanted to be present whenever possible in church functions so early on i attended our ladies bible study which is like monthly and my church cfg activities and eventually supported youth group wherever i could but Something I also did in the past was I tried to take a Friday off from work to spend time with sisters in the church, friends who were married with children. So I was basically trying to kind of accommodate their schedules. Maybe I would bring lunch, but basically um, just made an effort to try to get spend time together, right? And lastly, um, to a different home in the last year and a half the first group I had over from church the average age was well into the 70s and I just thought I just thought that was neat but... okay yep, I'm gonna have to speak up um, my next point is um, regarding midweek I have never viewed midweek service as optional I mean, you realize, like, if given a choice, our lives are pretty crazy, and there's always something else that we could be doing. So it just has to be priority. But in recent times, I have had some busy jobs with long hours that have made it challenging to make it to midweek. And especially during COVID, I had a pretty ridiculous work schedule, Sometimes I would have to bring my church clothes with me in the morning. I would have to bring my lunch and my dinner. Um, I would sometimes plan to eat out. I would plan to meet up with people from church. Um, at least one time I went to um, the home of a one of my church uh, family for dinner. It just depended on where I was working that day. But, I mean, that makes for a really long day. Uh, like 13 hours or so being away from home, but that's tiring for me. But it was worth it. You know, it's just so encouraging to see others midweek and get their love and support and and to be able to help each other, you know, carry our burdens, right? And so it was was worth it. Um, My next point, um, I did not, you know, not growing up in the church, I didn't have, I didn't grow up with Sunday school. So I see that as a big problem, a biblical worldview. And so that made it really hard to understand things because it's just totally different. Obviously, God chipped away at that. But recognizing how important Sunday school is, I am pretty involved in Sunday school programs at Beverly Hills. And I tell my Sunday school children how fortunate they are because I didn't have this. I didn't grow up with this coming every week and meeting with church family, and learning about Jesus. We all know for them. I don't have kids of my own, but these are our kids. They're my kids too. Being involved in Sunday school is not necessarily easy. It takes time and energy and work. We know that, and sometimes it's pretty stressful, but it's well worth it. Um, My next point. Our churches vary on how far members tend to live from church. In Beverly Hills, most are not within 15 minutes of church. Uh, Probably most are like 25 to 30 minutes from church, and some are like 50 to 60 minutes from church. But, you know, obviously it depends on one situation, um, what an individual or a couple or a family can handle, you know in my mind obviously it's like ideally it's like mansfield you're so, so close right like you're you're close to church so it doesn't take long um i have mostly lived about 25 minutes from church um it's it was actually far but because of the way the roads were set up and they were fast roads and i could get to church you know like 25 minutes away but I knew that I needed to stay, you know, I know this, that I need to stay 25, at least 25 to 30 minutes from church in order to get to midweek and other activities. But given where my family lives and where my work is and then where church is, it's kind of tough, but, and it's kind of limiting, actually, because I see it as there's only like kind of like one area that is ideal because I live so far, but, um, you know, so very intentionally, I, I've looked at that and a, a year and a half ago I was suddenly compelled to move and I just thank God that he honored all of that thought process and that premise and he quickly moved me um, to a, a different home but super nearby and, you know, God just took care of it so that I wouldn't have to be stretched further and living farther from, from church. But um, my last point, um, some people might be wondering why, as a single person, I would come to a small church with seemingly little prospects of marriage, potentially. Beverly Hills was very small when I came to it. Um, and a, I also was, at the time I was working, in 2003, I was doing a job that I had to work on Sundays. So for the first year that I went to Beverly Hills, I was only going to church on, in midweek. Um, and that group was really small at that time. It was really small. Um, but, uh, before I converted, I had relationships and I used online dating websites, but after I converted, my mindset started to change and those past ways of trying to find a match just didn't appeal to me anymore. They really just didn't even make sense. And so, I began to just trust that even being in a small church, if God Almighty who can do anything, if he wants me married, then I will be married, and I will trust him either way. And I have never regretted that decision. So,
0: thank you so much, Sister Amy. Brother Orin.
5: I do feel I need to clear the air. Um, somebody brought up that this cup looks very strangely familiar to the cups in the cafeteria. I'm aware of the rules, and I assure you this cup was mass-produced, so let's leave it at that. Um, my name is Irwin Webble. I go to the Mansfield Church. I've been raised in the church my whole life, come from a long line of uh, believers. I'm a husband, father with children and a minister. So I just want to go through some of the things that we have um, changed or uh, were challenged with uh, as raising our kids. Um, We talked a little bit about it already, so I won't dwell much on it. Services are the event planned by default. Well, what happens is when you start having little kids, Sunday evenings in Mansfield is generally much less attended. And so with little kids you try to you find other activities what we found ourselves doing and what we found was we were spending a lot of time in finding activities to do so it was actually very interesting we would be like well what are we going to do we're going to go to the park we're going to do this and at some point we recognized and realized there is a planned event it's singing this was the case on sunday evening and why not just use that as the planned event, the default event to go to? And then there's other brothers and sisters, part of the body of Christ that are there. And if they are, have that same mentality, then we're all together at a park, so to speak, instead of planning an event. So that was a really a, a big change that we did where the services, that would be the planned event. And the, my theme verse at least for me is moreover it is required in stewards that a man be found faith in one um, so our youngest child uh, Rudy is a boy and he likes uh, athletic sports very good at basketball so we got him involved in um, upward basketball which was on Saturday so the commitment level was nice didn't really involve any other uh, stuff with church but then, when he was in uh, high school, he had some. There were definitely some challenges where we had to pick him up on uh, Wednesday at seven o'clock, and we go, change in the car or really quick, and then we we'd go to church. That he kind of knew that we would not miss church because of this extracurricular activity was, he wanted. We wanted him to know what was important. But then, even even as we've gone on, we started to see that when we'd go to Florida in the in the winter time. He then would be, you know, uh, almost uh, penalized for going to Florida, wouldn't be able to play. Um, and then we would want to leave early because of youth group on Fridays, they're supposed to stay the whole time. And so we just kind of made a decision at this point that the higher priority is going to be youth group, it's going to be church, it's going to be, and he didn't have, he was, it was starting to be a little awkward for him because he had to visibly, or it was shown that he was making the decision to go somewhere else to the school friends and it, it started to become awkward and they were challenging him so um, as of now it looks like from the here on out at least this year he probably will not be in that because there's just there was too much conflict that was going on so these are uh, this is another change that we've made in order to be a little bit more committed to our local church next slide and make church fun we have various things in our in ohio we're really blessed with that and Traveling, don't be a stick in the mud with messes and noises. Stuff gets broken, stuff happens, kids run around, big deal. As long as nobody gets crushed or whatever. <laughs> and what's the next verse? Yeah, here's Proverbs 14:4. 4. Where no oxen are, the crib is clean, but where much increases, there's the strength of an ox. So you're going to have. You're going to have messes, things broken. Not the end of the world. Make church fun. You don't want them to want to go somewhere else where it's going to be more enjoyable and more fun. That's probably the stuff that we've somewhat lived by. It's very rare I end it, or at least, so enjoy it. <laughs> My honor.
0: Okay. All right. So some concluding thoughts, and then we're going to try to open it up for a few minutes of discussion here. What are the ways? I hope you saw some similarities here. By the way, I was is this the time I get to tell stories about how my wife had to chase you in Mansfield? <laughs> oh, my, his first restitution was my wife. That's interesting. Uh, but, that, but that's the kind of dedication and commitment it takes. I, I hope you saw a th- common theme here among... All, all of these believers, and they all have different aspects and their different positions in life. You know, I, I thought about last night. You know, I thought about it, Sasha. I, I mean, if you listen to his testimony, and he, he, one of his main takeaways was his number first one he mentioned was the support of the local church. We could have ended the forum that this this week, this week in our class. My brother-in-law talked about those who have left our denomination, and they come back. Why do they come back? Because they miss the trust of the people and the fellowship we have here. This is not a forum on 10 easy ways to bring our churches and revive them. This was a forum where we start to look at who we are as a church. Starting with you, and I think some common things you're going to find, and I want to go through those a little bit. Number one, you got to be there. How important is it to be there? You heard it, every one of them. Number two, you got to get involved. This is where I get to plug our local church here in Richmond. You see, I have this T-shirt on, right? There'll be people outside the doors that will be taking collections for our trip. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we, our, our church and some of our youth are talking about going to Paraguay. Frankly, I, I didn't know if this was going to work or not. But they, on their own, brought their T-shirts up here and have this scheme. And But I've got my, my granddaughter's little um, lance here lanyard yeah thank you i knew, I knew there was a, i was thinking of Aaron's boy um and you know i thought who's going to buy those things and the kids love them and and i think now we we've come we've put it out there and i sat and talked to my my son-in-law and i said you know this is this is going to be real now because because now you're committed and we're so thankful for those who have been coming to support it but you have to be active get involved i I got to keep myself from preaching here, but it's just like, look, I gave up a lot to be in this fellowship. I am not happy when people are not satisfied with what we have here. It works. These families, it works. Live out the one another's. Probably won't have time to go through them. It's part of the slide presentation. You know them. Love one another. Comfort one another. Pray for one another. Encourage one another. Fellowship that you trust, and you're part of, and you're involved, it doesn't work. Make it fun. And we're not talking about sitting around playing video games, things like that. These kids are excited about our trip. They, they like to come. Our, our Sunday afternoon cities, I, I call on the young ones, they come up, and they call numbers. And I realize, look, I mean, this kind of works maybe for Richmond, it may not work for you, but there are ways... You can make it enjoyable for your children, for your families, and those who may not have families who are part of your family. You make them part of your family. There is no age discrimination here. That's the way our churches are. That's the way the body of Christ is. We need to start acting like the body of Christ. Have the long-term perspective. I, and I, I say this to myself. I, I, t- I told you, I, I remember... I almost did not come back, and I think about that. Wow, what life could have been different? Would I' have been able to hold my mother 's hand and have her say thank you? Our denomination, I think of the lives that have been changed because those who came and those who experienced the joys of the Lord. so at the end of this form, this is what we want. Evaluate your relationship with your local church. If you're not attending regularly, do so. Become a member. When I say that, this is not something you sign up. We know doctrinally, you don't have to sacrifice any doctrine here. You know me well enough, but if you're going to be involved, you need to be a believer in Christ and understand every believer needs to be active in the local church, which is the expression of of the body of Christ on earth. And Brother Joe touched on that. And he gave me this kind of last slide here to kind of sum it up. Be focused on watering your grass that you don't have time to check if someone else's grass is greener. Quickly go through the one another's just real quickly. Love one another, prefer one another, judge not one another. Receive one another, admonish one another, serve one another, forbear one another, forgive one another, comfort one another. They're all scriptural. They're in the slides. Download them, take a look. Exhort one another, consider one another. Amen. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, just to follow up, um, when you're thinking about, as you become active, as part of the body of Christ, um, Don't be that ingrown toenail. Mm. And we also need to be aware, as if there is one, as part of the body, we need to take care of it. Not chop it off, we need to heal it. And then also know that when you leave, we grieve.
0: Thank you. I don't... Normally I watch very many movies. There is one that I do kind of like, and it's actually pretty good for us doctrinally. It's called Hacksaw Ridge. Anybody ever see that, Hacksaw Ridge? About the the CO, conscientious objector. True story, Desmond Doss went into armed battle without a weapon, went on his faith, carried the Bible with him and everything. And I remember this one scene in the movie, and this is not something Hollywood blew up. If you really do research it, you find out that Hollywood left things out. But in front of his commanders, he said, said, uh, and they challenged him, you're going to go into war without a single weapon to defend yourself. And he said, well, it just seems to me like there's so many people in this world that want to tear it apart. It's not such a bad thing to want to try to put it back together. Questions.
1: Or
0: experiences. Experiences. Sure. There is no mic, unfortunately, I'm told. But I don't know why they said that. There is one.
2: So this is just a comment I love the comparison Of the church being our family Because we, We love our families And we will do anything to take care of our families If they're sick We attend to them If they rejoice we're rejoicing with them if our church truly does become our family, we can be healthy because we love them. We may not always like them, but we love them. And we want to take care of our family and help our family to grow. So I just love that analogy, and I wish we could think about that all the time, even when it's, when it's rough, that our ch- church family is our family that we need to care for. Absolutely.
1: A question for any member of the panel. For new members, not new members, new attendees to a church, do you have a protocol or something that your church or yourselves have found that works, or is it organic and you treat new folks um, differently depending contextually on them and perhaps how they're responding to your welcome? So
5: so in Mansfield... uh, leadership there, Brother Eric and I and the others in the leadership, we've, we start meeting, new, new members come, we meet with them, whether it's at lunch, or, and we discuss with them what are their gifts, what are their talents, what are some ministries that they would be willing to go into, where do they see themselves, and then we try to plug them in that way. That's something in the past, whatever, couple months, or Eric, we, we've uh, talked about and been doing. So that's something we in Mansfield are doing and how we engage our new members.
1: Also, if I can add, um, if it's just a person visiting, not a member, are you talking about a person either? Okay, so we have a we had she passed away now, um, a, a neighbor who was elderly. She had her family kind of abandoned her. It was just a horrible situation from being an old person left alone. Um, our family, you know, Lori made it a purpose that every you know once a month we'd have somebody for dinner, and we ran out of all the somebodies that we knew. And she sees this lady on the street walking, and she invites her to our house for dinner. And in conversation, long story short, oh, you know, know, could we come over to her house on Sunday? Well, we go to church on Sunday. Can I come? Well, sure, yeah, but it's far away. I'll come, right? Long story shorter, she comes, and the organic part of it is all the people that were of her generation just kind of gathered around her. And as we started to take her to, we just take her. We'd take her to Big Sings at Lawndale, right? And all the Bubba's t- with their you know, head coverings tied in front under their chin would sit around her. And just she just felt so loved. So um, it's amazing how organic it can get. Other questions?
6: I just have a little bit of a personal testimony about this. Um, I gave my life to the Lord in 06, and yeah, I'm afraid to admit it, but uh, uh, um, church attendance was not very important to me as far as, like, Sunday evenings, Wednesday evenings, um, and it didn't take until the pandemic uh, to realize the, you know, the together. And I remember in the 12 weeks that we were not in church that Shirley and I had several weekends where we were crying because we were missing it so bad that we were thirsty, and We made it a a number one priority that whenever the doors would be open from here on out that we would be there because we don't know when the next time this would happen again. And since then, we've seen our kids value the importance of attending church because as all of you guys know who are parents who have kids, they mimic what parents do. Um, So we've realized that Although it may be hard sometimes because we do get tired and um, things happen, things come up or whatever, we always make it a priority to go because we're realizing through our kids that we're preparing the future generations. And so if you value, like especially with us with parent, being parents, if you value your children's future and wanting to them to be a part of the body of Christ and to be committed to a local fellowship, you need to make that important.
1: Thank you. More is caught than taught, they say, and God bless COVID.
0: Well, one last comment here.
3: A uh, question f- uh, for the panel. So I, I appreciate that picture with the grass, and there's absolutely truth to it. But sometimes you can also look at that as you are a sprig of grass uh, surrounded by other sprigs of grass. So what are maybe some some... Uh, wise or, or guiding principles to how we can provoke one another to be committed to the local church how do we do that without being that person that is um, constantly being viewed as you know making others feel guilty or, being or yes being the ingrown how do, how do we do that what are some practical applications uh, I'll start um, I think it's a great question in love to start, right, as we should start all things. Um, I think back to the way that Bob handled my question about going to Mansfield, um, and it was in love, but it was, there was a little bit of a twinge of, of guilt and not, hey, this is, um, should make you feel guilty, but understand that it's not just you. You have an impact on all of these people around you, and that is biblical. It, we are not an island. And um, every every action and word we have has an impact on those around us. Um, I think there are ways to simply ask the question, are you going to be there tonight? And if the answer is no, simply we'll miss you. We, we look forward to seeing you, right? We look forward to seeing you, yeah.
1: Yeah, I know um, early on in our when our kids were young, um, there were not a lot of kids in Sunday school. But we always had... Sunday school in the snow, because we don't get snow. We have to go find snow, right? Uh, But sometimes it would just be us and the cooks, you know? But that wasn't bad. It was like 12 of us, you know, 12 kids plus the... But we resolved that even if it's just our family going, we're going. And don't be sad, right? Um, So sometimes it's just going and being a positive example and reaching out of your comfort zone, because... You know, it is not my, you know, I am blessed with a wife who can talk and strike up conversations and, you know, she can, you know, work on the hearts of people, right? And I want to work on the things that are broken, like, you know, these were broken. I fixed them this morning early. Um, But we have our strengths, right? And so we, we need to work on our strengths. But if you're not there, nothing's going to happen. I think we're out of time. Yep, there it is. Okay, we're done? We're done. Thanks. Thank you.